Today on Locked On Red Wings, Dylan Larkin and Jonathan Bergeron both score twice to carry Detroit over the Canucks. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as the freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown to get started today. And Scotty, before that game started at noon, which, by the way, love noon starts. I wish, well, maybe not during the week, but I wish every weekend game started at noon. Fantastic stuff. Um, but it was discovered that Lucas Raymond and Jake Wallman were going to be out in this game. The first career game that Dil- Lucas Raymond has ever missed. Yeah. And Wallman, having him missing, that Ben Sherratt and Moritz Sider were back together. It felt like a game where the Red Wings are going to have their work cut out for them missing one of their best defensemen and missing one of their best forwards against a offensive heavy Vancouver Canucks. But you know, when you look back on that game, as it happened, it felt like it was a very right wings win in the end and everything we knew flaw wise, the Vancouver Canucks played out exactly as you thought it would. Yeah. You know, I, I think when we look back at this game, it will definitely fall into the same mix that so many wins this season have. And that's that. I I mean, I think the Red Wings were outplayed for a majority of this hockey game, but look, we just have to start with this. The Vancouver Canucks goaltending situation is horrid. I mean, that's, that's brutal. Like, I I, I mean, genuinely, I I think there, what two periods at least they, the, the wings got pretty heavily outplayed at five on five and, it just didn't matter at all because of how poor Vancouver is between the pipes. So, like, we'll we'll take a win. We'll take – and that's not to say that there weren't good performances or that this was, like, some awful, terrible game. Like, uh, but I, I think that they, they did get outplayed and it just didn't matter. And that's probably – if I had to, to guess, I don't get to watch too much Canucks hockey just because they're out on the West, but – uh, I would imagine that that's probably a reoccurring theme and a conversation that they have within their fan base quite a lot this season. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The The Red Wings got outshot 34 to 25 and put up five goals. And yeah. mind you, the Red Wings got outshot 34 to 25 and the Red Wings had six power plays in this game. The first three of which the Red Wings had zero shots on. Vancouver Canucks go on one power play and immediately score. So, I mean, that tells the tale of, how badly the Red Wings got outplayed at even strength, not to mention, of course, the analytics. The Red Wings came out flying, had two goals on two shots, which was awesome, but also just, again, reiterates how bad their goaltending is. Spencer Martin in this game had a goal saved above expected, Scotty, of negative three. That yeah. means that analytics say, however much stock you put into that, you, if you have none, cool. But analytics say that the Red Wings should not have, or the Spencer Martin should not have allowed three of those five goals. <laughs> That is what it is. He let in those five, three of those five goals. It's, it's great. Great to see. But 
this Vancouver Canucks team is everything that we thought they were. They have a very good offense. We they went on the power play and immediately they scored. Were. They put up 36 shots, but man, two goals on two shots and just, they were pretty goals. Don't get me wrong. They were nice plays, but I mean, you took advantage of a team that does not know how to play defense, even though you with yourself don't know how to play defense either. <laughs> right. That's a good way to put it, bud. Yeah. They, they, you know, I think, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it. We can transition into it now, I guess, if you want. But, like, this defensive performance from the Wings was so on brand. And, like, last game, we had talked about, oh, this was a weird change of pace. Like, they, they did the opposite, right? Like, they they were, uh, what was that against Edmonton? I already can't remember who we played. Edmonton and play. Calgary, one and two. Calgary, yeah, that's who it was. And we were like, oh, like, this is this is so weird. We're allowing a lot of shots, but none of them are high danger. This is great. We'll take it. And then this game just reverted right back to what we've been doing, and we're just going to rehab the conversation that we've had 50 times this year already to, with this one. Like, this was hey, – there's the heat map up on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. We'll get to ours in a second. Uh, but starting with the defense, I, I mean, this is – that's the most on-brand heat map, like, ever. Like, like there's, there's just a giant – dark blue circle right in front of the net and everywhere else is just kind of sporadic shots but they they got a ton of opportunities right in front of the net um it, it's just again thankfully and we talked about it in the preview like if you can just outscore vancouver like you're good and a lot of times you can because of how bad their goaltending is so yeah and you know and props to billy huso in this game Blocking yeah. or making 34 saves for a 941 save percentage. His goal saved above expected was about half a goal. Nothing like amazing, but like he does in most situations, he goes out there and gives you a chance to win. And he did in this game as well. Because you can see it. This is this is stock standard, like you said, Scotty, for how Detroit's defense plays. You get a ton of high danger opportunities right down low in front. Vancouver or not Vancouver. Calgary, like you said, was an outlier and how they did a great job of keeping all those shots that Van or Calgary had. I keep wanting to say Vancouver. All those shots Calgary had to the outside, but this game was a uh, revert to the norm. And yeah, uh, the defensive pairings were switched up quite a bit. And Moritz Sider and Ben Sherratt, I actually thought, had a really solid game together. In fact, if you look at you know all the analytics, uh, the Corsi, the expected goals for, if you go to hockey stat cards, they're near the top. And that's because they both had two assists. They both assisted on the first two goals of the game. And we'll talk about those two plays because they were really nice. And that Bergen goal was pretty, was just beautiful. But uh, yeah, you didn't have a lot of opportunities. You can see it on the Red Wings heat map, Scott, if you want to talk about that now. Uh, <laughs> Red Wings had one shot basically out front in front of Spencer Martin in this game. And that was the Bergen redirection goal, which was the second one. There is just a lack of anything that happened inside the slot for the Detroit Red Wings in this game. Most of your shots came from the point or right there where Larkin scored his goal, which is that that red shot, red, red mark by the circle on the left side. Yeah, this is a heat map that you look at and you go, okay, this is a game in which this team did not – was not able to get any momentum going on offense. Their opportunities were few and far between, and they they probably lost this one, especially when looking at the opponent's heat map too. But only if we're just focusing on the offense, you know that that that's a game that I think most people look at and go like, "Wow, this offense really just didn't gain any traction." And yet, if you watch the game, obviously that wasn't true. And again, I don't want to be a broken record, but like it's hard to truly like. I'm going to keep reiterating how poor 
Vancouver's goaltending was because that was a really rough performance. And uh, that's something, again, that they've been dealing with all season. So you took advantage of their weakness. That's a win. That's great. We'll gladly take it. Uh, but but I, I the offense was not some great machine just like pumping out opportunities and the, the the sets they had in the offensive zone weren't anything that were overly impressive or just like maintained any amount of time honestly and we've talked about all that at length this year as well that this it was really a same story different day type of game it's just that they came out on top because they took advantage of, of some poor goaltending. Just for context, like Vancouver, I'm pretty sure only had one player with an expected goals for percentage of under 50% on like out of everyone on the team that took the ice. I can actually check that right now. That's unless I'm just making that up. That's insanity. Uh, you actually every single player on their team at five on five had above 50% Corsi four. There you go. So that's you're right. So Corsi four all above fifty, and I think the expected goals for there's one player. Yeah, um, you're right. It was Ekman Larson. Yeah, right. And then like everyone else was above fifty. Quinn Hughes is fantastic. By oh, the way, oh god, he's that so good. Just he's so fun to watch. That's one of the the perks of this had him. week of right of this week of kind of going out west and playing teams we usually don't play in one now we get to see some of the talent out there and yeah Quinn Hughes is is definitely an incredible talent very fun to watch yeah you know we've been I feel like we've been pretty negative so far and there were positives to take away from this game but we just want to hammer home that this wasn't some incredible performance by the wings it was mostly just the horrible goaltending by the Canucks but like you said Scotty we will take it yeah we'll take the win it's a, it's a getting five goals is an incredible confidence booster they scored twice on the power play after going the first three without one Right. But we'll talk about those as well. We'll talk about the fact that Berrigan and Larkin both had two goals. Uh, Larkin had a three goal game or three point game. Like there were some huge positives. So we kind of got the negatives out of the way. We, we talked about the things yeah, I don't that make it sound like yeah. this was some tear, like the wings just lucked into a victory and that this was some awful performance by Detroit. Like, how did we win this hockey game? Like, I'm not trying to make it sound that bad. It's just. You know, they, they, I think, pretty objectively got outplayed for two of three periods and yet still came out on top. So we'll take those. This you know? was absolutely a game where Find both a way teams, to win. There was, this was one of those games where both teams' flaws showed, but yeah. our flaws were less crucial to the, to the game. So, uh, but first, when we come back, we'll finish this conversation or continue this conversation rather about this 5 2 win over the Vancouver Canucks. But first, I got to talk to everyone today about Athletic Greens. Our next partner is a product you got to use literally every day. Start taking AG1 because with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. It's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, or gluten free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every day to take care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with daily convenient daily nutrition said daily twice there don't don't worry about it it's just one scoop of in a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash nhl network 
Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. So Dylan Larkin, Scotty, is doing his best to secure the bag at this point. If I recall correctly, he has got 47 points in 51 games or 48 points in 51 games played now. I, I'm just trying to recall that off my head, so it might be off by a point or two or a game or two. And he's also really close to reclaiming a 30-goal pace after that two-goal performance, three-point performance by him as well as he had an assist also later in the game. He had a phenomenal game offensively. Yeah, big time. Yeah, he was great, man. It, it, you know, like you said, it's uh, it certainly makes big games like that certainly hold a little bit more weight. And I think a lot of people kind of pay attention a little bit more, and it sparks a lot of conversation when it's in the midst of extension talks. I I, I am not one to believe that like one game is going to change too terribly much, but I mean, you go on a little bit of a heater it certainly can't hurt. So, but great game. I, I mean, truly, I, I thought that in this one, actually the uh, it's also important to note that Larkin, I thought played pretty decent defense. And I, that's something that we haven't talked about a ton this year, just because of how porous the defense has been. But uh, I, I didn't think he had, uh, he, he had a bad game necessarily defensively either. He had a couple of, that I remember, I think it, at the end of the first period, maybe beginning of the second, somewhere around there, he had a couple like consecutive uh, pokes, pokes that led to breaks. And so that that's uh, just something I wanted to point out too. But yeah, obviously a great offensive performance, a couple of uh, really nice goals. So Yeah, I thought he played really well. His shot selection on both those goals was really nice. Yeah, uh, that first goal and, and turn was really nice as well. And then the Jonathan Bergen goal, he also had two goals in this game. He's been, you know, he's not some, I mean, I've said this before, he's not some superstar rookie cal, uh, caliber player, but he is a really, really good, well-rounded player who looks comfortable in the NHL right off the bat. I think defensively, he still leaves a little bit to be desired, um, but he's still a rookie, so I'm not worried about it yet. Offensively, yeah. he's always in the right spot. His hockey IQ is really good. So he's just been really fun to watch. That redirection, that entire play by Sider to Sherratt, first of all, Moritz Sider somehow, this is like with the second, third game in a row. He did it against Edmonton where on Joe Valeno's goal, and he did it now against Vancouver where he does this thing where he draws a defender towards him, yeah. and then he does like a behind-the-back pass to the guy opposite him. And both times it's resulted in a goal. First time he did behind-the-back pass to Valeno, who shot, shot the puck, scored. Then he did behind-the-back pass to Sherratt, who fed it down to Bergen for a beautiful redirection and scored. And – Man, that pairing did not look good early in the year, and I'm not, you know, one game of looking well together, looking good together. I'm not going to be like, get them back together because he and Wallman look so good. But it was nice to see that, like, at the beginning of the game, I was like, oh, no, not Sherratt and Cider again. Like, we know this pair doesn't work. I understand, like, it's well, who else are you going to pair with Cider? But I was nervous, and they looked they looked competent, I thought. And that's two games in a row. Oh, I thought Sherratt looked pretty good. And it seems like maybe, hopefully, let's say hopefully, He's like maybe learning his lesson on not taking himself out of the play. Cause when he doesn't take himself out of the play, he's actually effective. It's just that he always chases hits. So like, hopefully. Yeah. I think hopefully <laughs> not. Maybe. Yeah. Hopefully I'm just hoping please God. Cause like last game, Ben Chirot did lead the team in block shots with like six, which is insane. The next best player had like two. 
So he's not afraid of putting his body. I don't know. It's like he, Sherratt's just an enigma, man. I don't want to get into like a Sherratt conversation because he's talented and he has the capability of being such an effective defender. And then he's just not. Last two <laughs> games he has been. <laughs> so, I, it's like a pretty accurate way to put it. He has all the tools. And you're like, this guy, I can see, like, I see why general managers value him, but just he gets on the ice and then he's just not. And it's like, why are you doing these things? <laughs> ben Sherratt. <laughs> last two games he's been good and I've liked it. And I'm like, this is the guy you're paying four million to do to be. Oh, anyways. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I think that's probably all fair, man. And like you said, I think the biggest point in this game is just the fact that he uh that 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 pairing was not a complete liability like it has on several occasions, to say mm-hmm. the least, this season. Can I also ask what the hell was JT Miller thinking? No, you can't ask that. Like, yes, Philip Peronic was absolutely holding onto his stick. Yeah, but that was if weird. you're trying to draw, draw a penalty, punching the guy in the back of the head three <laughs> times is usually the wrong way of doing it. Like, he was mad when they called the penalty on him and not Hronik. Or Olimata, sorry. Olimata right, had yeah. that stick. Hronik skated by afterwards. And it's just like, usually if you try and tug on your stick and you, like, have your arm up, that'll draw the ref's attention, the ref will look at you, but if you just straight punch a guy in the back of the head three times, they're going to see that and call you on a penalty. And then when you get mad that they called you for a penalty because you punched a guy in the head three times in a row, then shoving a guy who's just skating by is also not a good follow-up. Of course, the Red Wings didn't score on that, and they couldn't score in the first three power play opportunities. And it's it very the, frustrating. How could this have happened? <laughs> it <laughs> is. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what you want, dude. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. That was a weird moment, but yeah. And uh, the Red Wings power play did though get going later on. They did score twice yeah. uh, on six opportunities. Uh, one was Dylan Larkin's other goal, and the other one was Jonathan Bergen's other goal, which yeah. was nice to see that that finally got going. Um, and then Philip Peronik, actually, Ken Daniels called that one earlier in the game. Ken Daniels said, you know, Phil Peronik hasn't had a goal in like 20 games. He's due. And then, of course, in the third period, he just rifles one home from the top of the slot. It was a nice shot. Yeah, it was. I, I thought that just as a whole, the power, and like we, we, you know, we looked at the heat map earlier and whatnot, and the offense certainly had kind of a hard time just like holding its ground, I think, throughout this game. Like Generating it was shots. one of those things where they didn't have established. They didn't ever have established pressure for more than like a set or two. And I I thought on the power play that was slightly different and just that they, they not for, you know, all six, but there was some, some sets ran and some maintained possession, uh, especially on, I, I would say probably half of them. So I, yeah, definitely something to, to check off in like the positive box, you know, the positive side of things, but um, yeah, still, as most things with this game and with this season, still a work in progress, but we'll, we'll take it and we'd like to see it. it you know, it, again, and it was a very flawed game for both teams. And in the end, I think it was Vancouver's poor goaltending that is the reason the Red Wings won more than anything. But yeah. it was a fun game to watch, without a doubt. I mean, five yeah, goals, sure. four is fun. Um, also, David Perron has suddenly become cursed on the power play. That's two games in a row. The first game against Calgary, he got robbed by Vlader. And then last night, or two nights ago, by the time people are listening to this against Vancouver, he got he hit the post on the first power play. So I said the Red Wings didn't have a, a shot in the first three power plays. 
Well, yes, that's because when you hit the post, it doesn't count as a shot. He beat Martin clean right. and just rang it off the post. He has become cursed in the power play. It's <laughs> unlucky for that man. Very. Uh, when we come back, I do want to talk about Vili Huso. We haven't really mentioned, well, you mentioned him, but we haven't talked about him. Uh, but then we'll get into our game preview of who guessed it, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be crazy. Give me a great preview. I'm sure you guys won't have any idea what to expect us to talk about. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's bonus bets. Back if that bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three uh, and threes drained. Let's look at some hockey betting that you can do today, Scotty. It's Sunday, so by the time people are listening to this, these odds are going to be gone already. But let's take a look at that Anaheim Ducks Vegas Gold Knights game. I know you're a big Anaheim Ducks guy. They are playing on the road at Vegas at 3 p.m., and Vegas is a minus 360 favorite money line. They probably should be. I think they probably should be. <laughs> the Ducks are not good. <laughs> the over-under, though, is a, it's even odds. Minus 110 for both over and under 6.5. I would say over, though. I would take the over on that, I'd too. take the over as well because Vegas can score. Anaheim can score. Um, but Anaheim doesn't have a defense or a goaltending. Yeah. So this ain't, this ain't 2017 John Gibson in that anymore. Yeah, absolutely is not. So plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout on a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown, that's FanDuel.com slash lockdown to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You know, we're going to look really stupid, Scotty, if we, you know, just on the fly did that conversation about the Vegas Golden Knights. And, of course, Anaheim comes in and upsets them at home. That'd look real bad for like us. We look stupid enough just, like, in general. I that... mean, we look like Legos, apparently, so. <laughs> that was crazy, dude. I loved that comment. I loved the comment that said, you look like a Lego piece. And I love the reply that said, LOL, Brian kind of does, too. <laughs> we, we do read the YouTube comments, guys. We do read them. So when you say ridiculous stuff like that, it, it gets seen. All right. <laughs> Brian just sends me a text. He goes, yo, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, how do I look like a Lego? Uh, now that you just asked that out loud, people are going to answer. So ah, congrats. Don't, I'm not asking the question. Nobody tell me how I look like a Lego. Just tell Brian how he does. <laughs> Anyways, Vili uh, Huso was fantastic in this game, man. And, you know, yeah. He's been hot and he's been cold lately. He went on a streak for a while there that was cold, and then he picked up back up again, but it's been spotty since then. Uh, but this was a game where it was like the Vili Huso you traded for. Absolutely. And he continues to do what he can with the defense that is in front of him. And, you know, facing 35 shots, he made, what, 34 saves, 36 shots, 34 saves. He was great. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Like you said, this is definitely the – that was definitely the player you traded for. And and this was kind of reminiscent of the first, like up until American Thanksgiving, right? Where we had said so many times, like this team would not be where they're at right now in the standings and in the point total if it wasn't for Huso and that. 
and he's like the most valuable player on the team and whatnot. And then he kind of went up and down, like we've talked about in December and January. But uh, this was kind of reminiscent of that, where the Wings got outplayed for two periods. Yes, they they put goals in the back of the net, and that's obviously the name of the game, and that's great. Uh, but but this very much was had a feeling of kind of the first third of the season there, where you were like, okay, this game goes a lot differently if we have mostly anyone else in that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you had Nedeljkovic or Helberg in, you, you, this is a closer game than it is. You did score three goals at uh, even strength, so even without the power play goals, you still would have won yeah. with Huso with net. And that's not the case if anyone else is in that. And that's just, right. he had he did have a positive goal saved above expected, not a ton, but you don't need him to have, like, if he has a zero goal saved above expected, that means he did his job. It means he saved every shot that the analytically analytics say he should have. Again, not everyone puts stock into analytics, and that's fine, but... You know, he has been pretty consistent if you look over the course of the year. So he has been, as this team still tries to find their identity, it's nice to know that when you have Huso in that, you're going to have an opportunity to win more times than not. So he's been great. Uh, Scotty, let's let's briefly mention that I did see rumors circulating on the interwebs that Dallas – and Tampa and one other team has expressed interest. I'm trying to remember what that one other team is expressed interest in Tyler Bertuzzi, Tampa Bay, Dallas and Edmonton. Of course it's Edmonton who, who drafted Tyler Bertuzzi, right? Right. Yep. Um, that was via Jeff Merrick. There were short extension talks, but apparently they went nowhere. So again, fully expect Bertuzzi to be dealt here in the next couple, coming couple of weeks, but it, 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 it uh, bodes the question. That's not the right word. It begs the question. That's the word I'm looking for. That'll boy. I'm so professional. Like, what even could you get back for Tyler Bertuzzi? And I think that's a really good conversation to have maybe a couple days I, I think that, <laughs> uh, yeah, I would like to go in depth on that as we get closer to the deadline and, you know, have an off day or whatnot. I think that that could be an entire segment or two or maybe even a show. Like, I, yeah. I, I think that – there's a lot to unpack there. I would say I don't think – and look, like, Eiserman got a lot for Mantha and, and whatnot, but I don't think it would be some incredible, pat, like, multiple firsts and a player, like, type of package. Like, it's, You're not getting a Bo Horvat package. Right, like it's a it's a expiring deal on a dude that unfortunately just hasn't stayed on the ice really for a lot of the last three seasons, and in the one season he did had a really good year and all that, and that's absolutely true. But there's just been so much stuff that's kind of happened with him off the ice, and not like personality wise, or whatever. Like Bert's fine, but um, just a, a lot of things have kept him off the ice. I, I guess is my point, and. There's just been uh, production wise this year. It hasn't been that great either. And, and the biggest thing for me, like this is something that I try to reiterate to a lot of people um, is, and I think I've said it on this show before too, maybe last trade deadline value is determined by market, not by talent, mm -hmm. right? The market of a player determines the return, not necessarily just straight up how good or bad of a player they are. So 
you can love Burt. You can love his style of play. You can think that he's great. But at the end of the day, an expiring deal is is just not – doesn't hold a ton of weight unless you're like a superstar player anymore. Like a, a, an expiring deal is not something that's going to get you a crazy return. Now, I'm not saying they're going to trade him away for nothing either. I'm not saying, we're you know, we're going to get a fourth and we're just going to be looking around having a conversation about like, oh, I told you, like, <coughs> excuse me, you're going to get – uh, a, a decent return. I'm, I'm not trying to say it's nothing, but I think there's a, there's a belief out there that, oh, you know, Burt's one of our best players. If you trade him, it's going to be for, you know, like a, like a Mantha-esque thing. And I, I don't think it's going to be that extreme. I agree. I agree with you. Um, one thing to keep in mind when you reference the Mantha trade is Mantha was signed to a multi-year deal at that point where no, Burt's expiring. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want right. to make sure. Like Mantha wasn't an expiring deal. That's my point. Yeah. Um, I agree with a lot of your sentiments. I will save my thoughts, though, for another episode. Um, I think that probably could do, let's see, the Wings play tomorrow. So tomorrow will be a game recap. Or today, by the time people are listening to this, they play today. So Tuesday's episode will be a game recap episode. But probably Wednesday's episode is a good opportunity to talk about it, just because we'll only have a game preview that day. Now, let's talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Wow. God. Man, last time we played him, it was a crazy game. Yeah, do you got? Do you remember the Red Wings won five to two? <laughs> the sad part is, if I said no, I don't think that'd be very off brand. It it wouldn't be off brand for me. I think you're pretty, you're pretty good yeah, at remembering these. things. I didn't remember who we played Calgary like earlier this episode. That is true. That did happen. Um, uh, <laughs> I I think really again, like we we can reiterate the goalie thing again. Like for sure, that's going to be one of the biggest factors in the game, obviously, but. Uh, really for me, anytime we play Vancouver, like I just, I, I said it earlier too, but watching Quinn Hughes is something else, man, that dude, that dude's nice. And mm-hmm. so that's going to be, I, I think something to, to keep an eye on for, for sure. As everybody who plays Vancouver does. Um, and then Elias Pettersson as well had a really good game. I, I thought on what Saturday. And so that can Again, obviously, be something to keep an eye out for. But, yeah, we just did a preview on this two days ago. So, kind of the same sentiment. And we saw it play out. We saw what we talked about play out in front of our eyes. So, yeah, I would say the biggest thing is still just put the puck in the back of the net because it's easier (laughs) against Vancouver than against most teams. I think there are a few things to look out for. One, see if Wolman and uh, Raymond come back, both being listed as day-to-day as we don't know necessarily how badly they were hurt. Uh, And then also... There is the goaltending situation because I think we'll probably see a different goaltender in net on Monday. And then for the wings, you may see Helberg now that the wings are going on this West Coast road trip. So um, I think you might see Helberg once, maybe twice, to give Huso a chance to breathe. Um, But again, Huso has now played a a few games very well. So two games back-to-back where he's been really good. So they might ride that wave. We'll see. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see Helberg at least once during this four-game road trip. Yeah, no, we talked about that on Friday too. Like that that's I think the biggest outlook for the week is just West Coast trip, baby. Like that's the 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 Northwest kind of trip. So Canadian, Western Canadian, I guess. Right. Well, Seattle there at the end of the week too, yeah. but yeah, like, basically Canada. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I I fully expect Huso to get a night off at at some point during this trip. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um X factor in this game, Scotty, shoot the puck because their goalies can't stop it. Yeah, just get pucks on that, man. 
Man, that's some great analysis. Puck's on that, boys. <laughs> we've what... had, this is 31 minutes into the show. I think we've had a pretty good show as far as analysis. Oh, goes. I'm not criticizing yeah, you. At this point, it... please just get Puck's on that. I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying it's it's just such a basic thing to say, but it's so true in this case because their goaltending situation is so sad. For real. But, all right, Scotty, we'll wrap it up here. You got any final thoughts? We ball. We do ball. We'll be back on Tuesday with a game recap. Same time, same place to your team every day. Every day.